Dustin can read. Hello out there, can readers. <laughs> yes, this is Dustin. I have no idea what to call you guys. Everybody has names for their audience, and I don't have anything. So you're either readers or can readers or just people. So be you. Do what you do. Not going to label you in that way. So here I am back again with another round of 12-year-old Dustin short stories. <laughs> yes, the last one, The Tale of Dalewood High, went over pretty well. So I thought, why not take it another direction and do not one, but two stories. Yes, this is actually a two-parter. And on top of that, I thought, why not get some extra voices to help me with the dialogue? There are just way too many characters in this story, or these stories, and I needed some extra help. So I called on some podcasting and YouTube and Instagram friends, and they really came through. And so they are actually bringing these characters to life for me. So I really appreciate that, and I thank every single one of them. Uh, we have people like Cameron Chaney from Library Macabre, the writer of Autumn Crow. You have Nate and Brucker from Film on the Rocks podcast. I have Arlene back from Spooky Sisters Book Club. I have uh, Hannah from uh, Pandas Reading Rainbow on Instagram. I have Katie from The Haunted Outfit on Instagram. And Lauren from X99 Fear Street on Instagram. Also, my mom makes a little special appearance as well. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and start part one of The Broken Chain. No one could impress Ryan Walters. He was the richest kid in Faro County, and the best looking. He was also the most athletic. He could outrun, outbat, and outscore anyone who came near him. Like I said, he could have anything or do anything he wanted. So he bragged about it. A lot. He bragged so much that one day, one of his so-called friends, Adam Monroe, had grown tired of it. Adam gathered some other classmates together and they started to plot against Ryan. Did you see that touchdown we scored against Oakville? <laughs> Man, we tore them should apart. Should I grow my hair out longer, or maybe I should color it? I don't know. I think you'd look good with a pixie cut. Okay. Okay, everyone. Adam shouted. We need to get down to business. He was sitting on the sofa in his basement that served as his bedroom. We need to think up of some way to show Ryan up. They sat in silence for a few moments, thinking. Hey, said Kirsten Sandler a whiz at just about anything complicated. I've got an idea that should scare him. What is it? Asked Chet Brogan, the jock of the group. Here, she said, passing a piece of paper to him. He looked at the paper before passing it around. A chain letter? Margie Canton looked at the letter and read part of it aloud. You must send out 20 copies within four days, or you will suffer incredible bad luck, such as money trouble car repairs, personal injuries, or even death. Ooh, scary. Yeah, gives me the shivers, Adam exclaimed, grabbing the letter from Margie. You don't actually believe in this stuff, do you? Well, maybe, Kirsten answered. 
I mean, it could be true. Besides, my aunt got one in the mail and she also thought it was phony, so she threw it out. Then she fell off her roof trying to fix her weather vane. So what if she fell off the roof? It's not like she died of it, Chet said. That's not the point, Kirsten snapped. The thing is, is my aunt was just about one of the luckiest people in the world until she got that letter. She paused to wipe a tear from her eye. So at least we can give him a scare. And if he doesn't believe it, then it's no one's loss. Mother, did the mail come yet? Ryan called up the twisty white stairs to his mother's huge bronze door. He heard a muffled reply. Not yet. Oh, but when it does, be sure to bring it up for Mummy, okay? She hollered through the door. Well, I'll be down by the pools if you need me, he said, jogging to his humongous bedroom. Once he had undressed and gotten into his suit, he hurried past the tennis courts, along the baseball field, and into the pool area. He took off his robe and spread some tanning lotion all over himself. That was when the bee came. Hey, get off of me, he said, shooing it away. He ran for the water, but it stung him before he could even jump in. Ow! Next, he was running into the house, yelling, Call an ambulance! Quick! Please, someone call 911! The mail, sir, said Arnold, the butler. He was holding a silver tray stacked with letters. Well, don't just stand there. Get me a band-aid, you doof, Ryan shouted at Arnold. Uh, uh, I'm in serious pain. Oh, ow, ow, ow. The butler left to fetch a bandage. Ow, ow, ow. Uh, Quit whining, you baby, yelled his sister Amanda. It's just a tiny little bee sting. It's not going to kill you. (laughs) This is just an example of how much of a wimpy snob Ryan was. So, naturally, when he received the chain letter, he scoffed at it and threw it out. Ryan stepped into the restroom and began to wash his hands. School was not the cleanest place to hang out. Lately, when he sharpened his pencil, the sharpener would leak and pieces of lead would get all over his new white shoes. Oh no. Also, every time he erased something, the eraser shavings always stuck to his arms. So he washed his hands and forearms like he did every period, but on this day, it wouldn't come off. Come on, come on, come off, please. No matter what soap he used, no matter how hard he scrubbed, the shavings of erasers and pencils seemed to grow even bigger. Ugh. When he finally got that off, he noticed his skin wasn't as smooth anymore. Dozens of pimples had spread all over his perfect face. Ew, gross! And this was just the beginning of the rashes, the injuries, and the sicknesses. This was the beginning of Ryan's lifelong terror. To be continued. What's gonna happen? Don't worry, it's coming up. But first, I want to tell you, um, when I was 12 years old, I, like I said, I used to write all these short stories, and I would actually bring them to class, to my English Lit class, and my teacher actually encouraged this, because he liked that I was writing, I guess. 
Anyway, so when I wrote these stories, I would actually feature random classmates in them. That's why you'll see a character show up, say a line, and then disappear. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but that's what I remember doing that. I was like, I don't remember who that girl was that I wrote this for, but apparently I wrote it for. So this first part, people did not like the the uh, the conclusion to that one. It wasn't actually to be continued at first. That was actually the definitive end. But since they didn't like the ending, they wanted a more definitive end, I had to go back and write something. Kind of a definitive end, but, you know, you'll see. Without further ado, here is The Broken Chain, Part 2, A New Beginning. Twenty Years Later Ryan's life afterward was short-lived. When he reached the age of 28, his wife, Ellen, had a baby girl. They named her Emily. And by the time she had started to speak, her father had already died. The strange thing was, no one knew what had caused it. Some would have said that he had been poisoned, while others have said he was pushed down the stairs by some unknown force. Whatever the cause, Ryan was no more. Emily had been abandoned by her mother when she was only four. No one knew what had happened to her father, but now she was living with the Monroes. The father, Adam Monroe, had been Emily's father's friend in high school. Adam had married his high school sweetheart, Kirsten Sandler, and they had two children, Kyle and Lisa. Despite the differences Adam and Kirsten had with Emily's father, they looked upon Emily as one of their own children. Too bad their real children didn't like Emily. They felt as if Emily were trying to invade their territory, and they hated her because of it. So they came up with a plan to get rid of Emily forever. She's always pulling that, I'm so helpless, act on mom and dad, and it's getting on my nerves. Lisa whined. I can't wait to stick this into her backpack. <laughs> they had heard rumors of how their father and mother had given Emily's father a chain letter and how it had cursed him. So they decided to try it on Emily. When Emily took the letter out of her backpack, she had a strange feeling. She had a feeling that something terrible was going to happen. Cursed? Emily repeated from the note. But why me? Emily was a little superstitious. She never walked under ladders or opened an umbrella indoors. So she sent out 20 copies and waited for her good luck to come. Since she sent the letters out the very next day, she wondered if it would speed up the whole luck process. But, as she was about to find out, it wouldn't. Emily lay in bed with her arms dangling off the sides. She was falling asleep when... It teased her. Who... who's there? She managed to cry out. The voice faded in and out as it said... Send it out! Out! Send it out, Emily! Then the ghostly figure of a young man appeared. 
He seemed to be in his twenties, and he was wearing very outdated clothes. Suddenly, Emily had a realization. Daddy, is that you? She cried in a frightened voice. Then he disappeared. Send what? She thought aloud. Send what out? She wondered that for weeks. In the meantime, she had fallen into mud every time it had rained, gotten picked on by local bullies, and almost every day she forgot her homework. One day, when she was at the annual carnival, she saw him again. It was getting dark, and every time she turned around, there he was. She tried to run away, but the weight of her backpack was holding her back. She had been carrying her books around so she wouldn't forget her homework. But lately, all that bag was doing was holding her from safety. So, she tried to fight off the spirit that was following her. Not knowing how to fight a ghost, she thought a can of mace might work. If only she could reach it in her bag. What was this? She pulled out the original copy of the chain letter and saw something she hadn't noticed before. It read, All copies must leave your hands within four days of receipt of this letter or you will receive bad luck. Emily looked up at the ghost of her father. This is why my life's been filled with misery? This is what caused it all? She questioned him. I'm afraid so, dear, said Ryan's spirit. It was also the cause of my death. With that, Emily ran to the nearest house and put the letter in the mailbox. This ended the curse on her family forever. Or did it? The end. So there you have it, The Broken Chain, written by 12-year-old Dustin. Not the best in the world, but it was kind of a mix of a goosebumpsy point horror type thing. And believe it or not, I hadn't even read uh, Christopher Pike's Chain Letter before this. I actually got that recently, and I still haven't read it. So, yeah, there was no influence of that on me at all. Anyway, I really once again want to thank Cameron and, and Arlene and Brucker and Nate and Katie and Lauren and Hannah and my mom, all for participating. All of you are just salt-of-the-earth people. You're just great, nice people, and not in that lame, nerdy, nice way. Like, nice as in good, decent human beings. And just, you have embraced me on Instagram and the podcast, and I just, I appreciate it. I appreciate you tolerating my ramblings online. I appreciate you, you know, dealing with my dorkiness in general. So... Hopefully, you'll come back and do another one. <laughs> anyway, so if you have any comments or questions, go ahead and reach out to me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin Can Read. You can also reach me at uh, on Gmail at uh, DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. And, you know, go ahead and rate and subscribe to me on iTunes or Podchaser or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, Dustin can read.